He's the man that everyone is hyped about right now. But why is Derek Lively making such an impact on the Dallas Mavericks? We'll check out on Luka and Kyrie. Plus, I think the Mavs' next five games are going to be super telling. We'll talk about that and more in today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks. believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show. Make it Locked On Mavs your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section what is one stat you're watching for the Dallas Mavericks. I've got five today. Definitely more than five, but like five things I'm watching. What's the thing you're watching for the Dallas Mavericks? Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Riding solo today, Dana Larson. I don't know if you heard her on the Bally's pre and post game. Voice is not doing so good. Doctor told her to rest. So I said, stay away. We're good. Hold down the fort for you. Dana Larson will be back next week on Lockdown Mavs. We'll have me and Reggie Atatula on the Sunday night game. And then I'll have you covered for the Bucks game this weekend as well. Mavs, doesn't stop. Season started, man. Doesn't stop now. I want to get into a bunch of stuff today. I think the Mavs' next five games could define the season. Shout out if you know, if you remember that. That was one of the funniest. The funniest things Isaac kept bringing up. Uh, but the Mavs' next five games are very important. And so I'm, I'm very curious to talk about those. Tim Hardaway Jr. deserves some love. I, I see the comments. I see the comments. I see the tweets. I, I hear you in your car. When are you going to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. and how good he's been? We'll talk about him. I've got a couple of things that he's done this season that have been different. We'll talk about the Mavs in transition, pushing the pace. That stat I'm watching continues to be true. We'll check in on Luka and Kyrie, but I want to start here first. Derek Lively Jr. The third is just... he. He's doing stuff that I just did not expect from a rookie. Yo, you see Apple Jacks? The Dallas Mavericks right now are are a plus 12.2 net rating team with him on the court, meaning they're like the best team in the NBA when he's on the court, essentially, according to Cleaning the Glass. Plus 12, meaning they're outscoring their opponents by 12 points per 100 possessions. Great. That'd be the best team in the NBA total, like team total. Off the court, they're a minus 1.7, or minus 0.7. That would make them the... Uh, that would make them like the five and six Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> basically. They would either be an under 500 team or they would be one of the best teams in the league. That's the difference between Derek Lively playing and Derek Lively sitting off. It's wild that a rookie center is making that kind of an impact so far in the Dallas Mavericks season. But it is what it is, man. It's been so good to see him affect the offense, affect the defense, and it is affect the offense. When he's on the court, they're scoring 124, almost 125 points per 100 possessions. That's an incredible offense. That would be by far the best in the NBA. 125 points per 100 possessions. When he sits, they're scoring 119 points. So they're five points better on offense. Almost six, six points better on offense. Six points on offense. We did not think he was going to affect the offense. I thought the offense would take a while with him. Just having him as a lob threat has made such a big difference for this Dallas Mavericks team that they're better on offense when he plays. On defense, they allow about 113 points per under possessions when he, when he plays, which is like 
not that great. 113, that, that puts him in like top 15 range when he plays. So like they're a top 15 defense right now when, when he plays on there, you know, there's a couple of games that have messed that up. Obviously the Pelicans game really messed that up, but you know, still top 15, you'll take that with the best offense in the NBA, right? Like that, that split gives you a plus 12 net rating. Amazing. Great. When he sits, the defense goes from 113 to 100 and almost 20. That's the difference. Like a seven point different difference on defense. He's making such an impact. Just having him on the court, playing him with those guys, playing him with the starters. And it's not just him. Obviously, this is all, the whole team creates that number when they're on the court. So Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr., Luca, obviously, Kyrie, like they all get credit for it, obviously. But the split when he's on and off the court, just him on his own, it's very telling and it's very showing. So wh- why? Why is he making such a big impact? Offense. There's six points per 100 possessions better when he's on offense. The Mavericks shot profile when he's on the court is about the same, whether he's on the court or it's not. So it's not like they're taking drastically different shots when he's on the court. There is one weird thing that I found very interesting. The Mavericks are shooting 50% on mid-range shots when Derek Lively's on the court and about 35% when he's off the court, like a 15 percentage point split. They're shooting way worse from the mid-range when he's off the court. To me, is that he demands some more attention around the rim, and so guys don't step up and defend. Like, defenders don't step up and defend mid-range shots. Is it because he plays with Luka a lot, and Luka's hitting well on his mid-range shots? Is it because he plays with Kyrie a little more, and Kyrie hits better on his mid-range shots? Probably, like, there's a ton of factors in this. It's not just because of Derek Lively solely, but it is a wild stat. Then <laughs> They're shooting, like, 15 percentage points better when in the mid-range when he's on the court, and he doesn't take any of those shots. Like, he's not affecting this by himself. So that's interesting, but their shot profile stays the same. They're taking the same number of shots and they're taking the same type of shots, the same percentages across the board, basically, as far as how many they're taking. The things that do get impacted, though, the Mavs are so much better on the offensive boards. That's one of those, if you've watched a Mavericks game this year, you can just tell that they're so much better on the offensive boards when he's out there, as opposed to when he's not. They would be in the 59th percentile, an offensive rebound percentage when he's out there. And guess where they are when he's off the court? Guess what percentile they're in? The offensive rebound percentage when he does not play. Seventh. Seventh. So bad. I mean, that's the team that we saw last year. That's the team that we all watched last season with without Derek Lieber or without a, a real, like, true center. They go from 59th percentile to seventh, which is, that's a negative drop, right? You want to be the high, you want to be a hundredth percentile. like, you're the best at this. One-th, one-th percentile, zeroth percentile, however you say, would be the worst. So they're better on offensive rebounds. That's a huge thing. That's one of the reasons why they're better on offense. In transition, they're a, they're a little better. A couple of things I've been, I've been tracking as far as when the Mavs push the pace, they push the pace a little more when Derek Lively's out there. I think it's because they get a couple more stops a game. They push the ball out in transition after live rebounds more. That's a number that I'll I'll talk about a little later. They push that a lot. And off steals, they push it a lot more when Derek Lively plays. They they kick out in transition. Some of that is because he's playing with starters, and those guys have heard the mandate, and those guys are more confident to kick ahead and to throw wild passes and to do that. But Derek Lively's affecting the Mavs' offense. He is, and I did not expect that to, to be the case. It's been awesome to see. On defense, the Mavs are seven points better per 100 possessions when he's on the court compared to when he's off. Here are the things that he's doing to affect the game. The Mavs obviously allow less offensive rebounds from the, uh, the other team, so they get more defensive rebounds. Um, so that's been huge. It raises by like seven seven percentage points. The Mavericks 
when he's on the court are in the 73rd percentile uh, when he is on the court or when he's off the court. So like they allow a ton. No, I'm sorry. They're in the 73rd percentile when he's on the court. So they don't allow any offensive rebounds from the other team. Great, killing it. When he sits, they're in the 10th percentile. So like they're not getting offensive rebounds on offense and they're getting... Uh, offensive rebounds are getting got against them when he sits. Like, it just becomes a, a disaster, which we've seen all last year, basically. That's a big number. So offensive rebounds on the other side. The Mavericks not the Mavericks not getting the defensive rebounds. That's been huge. He also affects, like, teams are taking less shots at the rim when he, when he plays. Not a ton less, but still less. And this percentile, like, one or two percentage points is massive in this stat. Like, a couple takes you takes you a long way. So when Derek Lively plays, they allow 29.5% of their shots at the rim. So of all the shots, let's say they take a, a team takes 100 shots against the Mavericks, about 29, almost 30 of them are going to be at the rim on average. When he sits, that number goes up to thir- almost 33%. They go from the 79th percentile, which is great, to the 48th percentile, which is below average. He's deterring shots at the rim. You love to see it. You love to hear it. It's awesome. Love that. And honestly, like, he's just a good guy to have to throw the ball up to in inbounds plays or when you get stuck with the ball. Like, you grab the ball, you pick up your dribble, or you're stuck against the sideline. And just to have him as a guy to lob the ball up to, like, they get out of situations and the offense flows a little bit more when he's out there. Derek Lively making a huge impact on the Mavericks. They're six points better on offense, seven points better on defense. It's been amazing to watch him do what he's doing. And so, coming up, let's talk about Luca and Kyrie, let's take a check-in on what they're doing right now. We'll talk about pace as well. Talk about all that and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Man, there have been times and very recently in my life that I just needed to talk to somebody about something. There's just something that's nagging me, something that is in the back of my mind that I'm like, all right, I just, I just need somebody to, to help me with this. I need somebody to, to talk through, somebody that doesn't have an agenda, somebody that doesn't have like a, a vested interest. You know, you talk to your parents and they're like, they think you're right all the time. Or you talk to... Uh, you know, a friend and they're like, yeah, you're wrong all the time. <laughs> like, you know how your friends have certain, like have certain vantage points from where they're hearing it from. Uh, and so to talk to somebody in therapy that doesn't have that, to talk to somebody that knows what questions to ask, that knows how to listen, all that kind of stuff. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch ages at any time, switch therapists at any time, no additional charge on that. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go give BetterHelp a try. Also want to tell you about Game Time. Game Time has the, the tickets for you. Oh, there's tons of concerts. There's tons of things happening all the time around DFW. If you live in the Dallas area, if you don't live in the Dallas area, you can go check out any other place. But right now, we've got Stars tickets on there. They've got Kings at Dallas. That's this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday. I'll be there. 53 bucks for, for tickets. They look like lower bowl tickets. So you can go check that out right now. A uh, bunch of concerts on here. Uh... George Strait, if you're into if you're into that, Madonna is coming. Tons of different Trans Siberia. Brett Goldstein, that's Roy from from uh, from Ted Lasso. He's coming to the music hall at, at the fairgrounds. So check out all kinds of stuff 
at game time. Take out the guesswork of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem your code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Explain yourself. Sorry. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On Mavs, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. If you want to support the show, text me, get text alerts from me on all kinds of Mavs stuff. I send a film review on, on a quarter. One, I pick one quarter, so the other night after the Wizards game, I picked the third quarter. I watched the whole thing back. I pointed out different things that I see in it. So if you want some of that film stuff on the Mavericks, subscribe to the subtext. You get it sent straight to your phone. You can watch it on there, and you can get all the, the rumors and stuff and ask me questions on there. It's, I love it. I love subtext. Subscribe to it. Click the n- description or text the number. All right, Isaac. Let's get into the other. Let's get into the other. Uh, Luke, the other things I want to check in with the Dallas Mavericks. We're checking in. I got five things I want to check in. First one was Derek Lively's impact. Still great. Still, still impacting it. Let's check in on the pace. It's been talked to death, but the reason it's been talked to death by us is because the Mavericks talked it to death in the in the preseason. Like they they continued to bring it up. It continued to be a thing. Training camp, preseason. They they kept saying they wanted to do it. And it's, it's working. It really is working. The Mavericks right now are the team that has changed their pace the second most. The Wizards have now lapped them in, in the amount of pace that they've changed from last year to this year. Last year, the Mavericks were getting about, we're at like 97 pace, which was really bad. Like, I think it was one of the last in the league. It basically means they're getting 97 possessions a game. This season, they're getting 102 possessions a game, which means that it's up by like 5.2%. That's huge. You're getting five more possessions every game to do something on offense. And the Mavericks offense has been really efficient. So they've changed their, they've changed their pace and they've really been pushing the ball. And it's been an emphasis. You know, guys like Exum have really helped with this in little ways. Kyrie has obviously helped with this. Luca has bought into this a little and every once in a while they'll push the pace. And then you can still, you know, you can still play the slow down Luca ball that they have played. So I think that the pace has definitely been uh, something that they've focused on, something that they wanted to do. And it's working. Here's why it's working. And here's where it's working. So I've been watching this stat on live rebounds. So a live rebound is the play is still going on and a rebound happens. It doesn't go out of bounds. It doesn't, you know, like the play doesn't stop. There's not a foul or something like that. A rebound happens and you're like, all right, it's live. Let's, we can, we can play on, we can push it in in the other way. When the Mavericks push the ball in transition, just 20, just 23% or higher right? Just 23% of the time off of a live rebound. Not even like half the time, right? Not even not even one out of every three. <laughs> it's like 23% of the time or more, the Mavericks are 7-0. When the Mavericks get a rebound and push in transition about, about a one-fourth of the time, right? If they do that, like one out of every four live rebounds, they push the, they push the pace. They're 7-0 so far. Wins against the Pelicans, the Hornets, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Wizards, the Clippers, that huge one. When the Mavericks are pushed to pace less than 21% or like 20.8% and lower. So they are two and three so far. Some of this is causality. You know, you're not, they're not getting as many stops against Denver, that Pelicans game, the Raptors game. They lost all three of those games. They're not getting as many stops. And, but they still, it's still, you're not getting as many stops, but still, it's the frequency of when you get the rebounds. Like, they've already got the rebound. They're just not pushing it in. They're just not pushing it as often. So, it's not even because of the missed shots for this team. So, that's the stat I've really been watching. Again, when they push the pace after live rebounds, one-fourth of the time, they're 7-0. and 
when they push it less than a fourth of the time or like 20% or less, they're two and three. It's a number I'm going to keep watching because I think it, I think it matters. I think it affects the way that the Mavericks play. And I think it affects the way that the Mavericks, uh, you know, their offense works, how they get easy buckets. I think it affects their defense because if you push the pace in the other end, tiring out the other team, they're, they're caught behind the play and all that. I'm watching the pace still. Something I'm, I'm, really, I'm really watching because the Mavericks made it a point of emphasis and they've got to keep it up through the season. Let's check, let's check in on Luka and Kyrie together. This has been something that I said at the beginning of the season and even through all the offseason. This season is about a couple things. It, it's kind of a gap year for the Mavericks. And it's kind of a gap year in the sense that they're not expected to win the title, right? That, I don't think any, but I think I don't think you expect them to win the title. I don't expect them to win the title. If they did, we'd be surprised. It would be like the Rangers this season, right? Be like, oh my god, really? And so they're not expected to win the title. They've got some guys though, and we're like, okay, we're feeling good about this team, but they're not expected to. And so what this season is about for me, let's figure out what Luca and Kyrie are together. Let's figure that out and let's figure out who can play or who can play in a finals capacity in the next couple of years. So Derek Lively right now, I think we've learned that in a finals capacity in like two years, he's probably ready. Honestly, he's probably ready right now. I'm not putting anything past him anymore. I'm not doubting that dude anymore, right? Like he could at least play. He could play a role. He could play 15 minutes. He could come in and block some shots and, you know, it'd be tough, obviously, but they've got a whole season ahead of them and, and it would be a whole playoff run if they even made it there. So, but in a playoff capacity, he could definitely play right now. And so if this whole season is about fi- figuring out what Luca and Kyrie are, let's check in on what they're doing. So this season, when Luca and Kyrie are on the court, they're scoring 124 points per out of possessions. They're allowing 118. That defense is very bad. I'm concerned about the defense when they're together. It's weird because when they're together with Lively, it's good. When they're together without Lively, it's bad. <laughs> Their small ball units haven't been good. The, the units with uh, Luca, Kyrie, and Maxi haven't been good. The, the units with Luca, Kyrie, and Dwight haven't been good. It's just been Lively or nothing, right? But that's still plus six in the net rating. So they're still outscoring opponents. It's not, they're not killing it when those two are together. You'd hope that that would be a lot higher because Luca and Kyrie are, you know, are supposed to be that, you know, the, one of the best duos in the NBA. But plus six is still positive, right? We'll take it. Last season, they were plus 4.6. So they're a little better together than they were last season. The defense has been a little worse so early in the season, so early. But the defense is a little worse. The offense is a little better so far. Now that we're a couple games after this. What they are doing, though, is they're making plays. They're making a lot of plays together. There's only four teams in the NBA that have two players that are averaging six or more assists. Luka and Kyrie, Luka at 8.1, Kyrie at 6.7. Then you have Jokic and Murray, LeBron and D'Angelo Russell, and Fred Van Vliet and uh, Alfred Shingoon of the Rockets. So it's the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Rockets, all West teams. The only four teams that have two players averaging six assists or more. Kyrie's making plays. He's helping out. He's doing a bunch of stuff. It's been awesome. The, the offense has not slowed down when Luka sits. It's been great. That's been a great thing. When Luca's on the floor this year, uh, when, when Luca sits this year, the net rating has been plus 2.6. The Mavs are outscoring opponents when Luca sits. Last year, it was minus 4.2, a six-point swing. And Kyrie is definitely part of that. Kyrie has definitely helped. The depth of the Mavericks has definitely helped. But the Mavericks are outscoring opponents when Luca sits. 
They're making plays, and they're a little bit better on, on offense this season together so far. I'm worried about the defense. The defense, Mavs still have not, like, totally fixed the defense. It can't just all be on Lively. Like, like some of those lineups, even with Luka and Kyrie without Lively, they, they've still got to be pretty good, right? Like, you can't just tank. <laughs> you can't just tank when he's out. Coming up, let's get into Tim Hardaway Jr. Got to talk about him. He's been so good. He's the sixth man of the year right now. And I'll tell you one thing he's doing that's changing a lot. I'll also talk about the upcoming schedule. We'll get into all that coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Basketball season is here. You can now do combo projections across football and basketball. It was Bengals Ravens tonight. There's a bunch of specials in the league. You can a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, Isaac's hated player LeBron James plus Taylor Swift's boyfriend at a 10 and a half combo of three points made and receptions. You can combine all that kind of stuff. Check it out. Check out Prize Picks. If you like the if you like multiple sports, Prize Picks is really the thing for you. You can go check and you can basically pick you know, Luka Doncic, 25 and a half points or 27 and a half points, more or less. You pick more or less on the projections and you pick a couple of those. You put some money down on it. You could win money on it. It's pretty awesome to uh, to play prize picks and to have that in your back pocket as you're watching a game. What if a game is a blowout and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, you know, if you're watching that Wizards game the other night, okay, okay well, I'm just waiting for Luka to score that extra bucket. Like that extra anticipation it makes it pretty fun. I, I've got to say, it, it does make it pretty fun. So, Go check out Prize Picks. See what's available for you. See what's on there right now. Go to PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Code LockedOnNBA. Go check out Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Shut it down! Oh Let's go home! All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this. The stuff that I'm watching for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm watching... Tim Hardaway Jr., man, I'm watching Tim Hardaway Jr. be so good. He's been awesome so far. It's been awesome to see him. He's the sixth man of the year, I think, by far. So far this season, you look, he's averaging almost 19 points, four rebounds, shooting 40% from three on nine attempts per game, playing 28 minutes, hasn't started a game yet. He's just been awesome. And here's the one thing he's doing that's been different than before. He's shooting less at the rim. He's shooting less at the rim. Last year, he shot about 16% of his shots at the rim. This year, it's like 12%. So he's taking less shots at the rim. But he's been better at the rim. He's hitting 65% of his shots at the rim this year, which is good. He hit 53% of his shots at the rim last year, which was bad. Like, very bad. Basically, like, 50-50 when you get to the rim. Get to the rim, 50-50. A layup is 50-50. Oh, God. So he's taking less shots at the rim, but he's making more shots at the rim. So he's being more efficient at the rim. That's a big change, which has been great. And it's because his shot profile has been a little different. He's taking more efficient shots. He's being better at the rim. He's being better in wherever he's taking his shots. Here's the thing though, that I think has changed. He's taking more shots in that short mid range. Teams are giving him that shot. They're not allowing him to to go to the rim, right? They're allowing him that short little mid range. And he's taking those stop pop pull up shots a little bit more. 12% of his shots last year came in that, now 16%. So he basically took less shots at the rim and stepped back a little bit and is taking more shots in that short mid-range. I think that's helped his game. Making better choices, and obviously he's shooting the lights out from three, but he did that last year too. 39% from three last year, 40% this year. It's not always about the three ball. Some of it is that extra stuff that he does. The get into the lane, the short mid-range shot, he's taking a little more of those, taking less shots at the rim, being more efficient at the rim. 
he's just been better, man. And he's just been better like, like in, in so many different capacities. It's been awesome to watch. It's been awesome to see him take that disappointment, I think, from this offseason of, oh, I'm going to get traded. I, you know, I want to be here, but I'm going to get traded. I'm not going to be here, too. Now I'm, he's an integral part of this team. I mean, slightly is, slightly is a little farther along than I am with this, but he's it's kind of like, should the Mavs trade him? Like, could they really replace him? Could they replace his scoring if they traded him right now? I don't think Hardy's ready to do this. I don't think Curry's ready to do this. I don't think Curry's ready to score like 18 points a game. I don't think Josh Green is ready to step into that role. Like if they traded, if they traded Tim Hardaway Jr., let's say they bring in like, you know, they trade with assets and get like OG. OG could step into that role and score there, right? Like that's the replacement there. He doesn't replace the shooting. Like I don't know if anybody's replacing the shooting right now, but at least you know that he replaces some of that scoring. If they bring somebody in that doesn't replace that scoring, where are you getting it from? And your defense has got to be better. Like, you've got to be better on defense. And that's why they would make a trade anyways, to improve on defense and to get that extra guy that helps them in that playoff rotation. But, man, it'd be hard to replace 19 points a game right now from, from Tim Hardaway. He's averaging, like, three points less a game than Kyrie. It's kind of nuts. That's kind of crazy. So, Tim Hardaway Jr., playing really well. Love to see it. Sixth man of the year. He is. Okay, last thing. This stretch of the season will define the season for the Dallas Mavericks. I said that a couple years ago, and it was kind of, you know, it was kind of like, all right, I want to make this this stretch of the season, I do think, is a good test for the Mavericks. And I think this stretch of the season coming up, these next five games, huge test for the Mavericks. Coming up on Sunday, or, yeah, Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday. Right? Or Saturday. Saturday, sorry. Saturday at Milwaukee. Huge game. Giannis hopefully back by then. Giannis and Dame in Milwaukee. That's a that's a huge game. Huge, massive game for the Dallas Mavericks. Then a back-to-back. They're in Milwaukee. Then they come back to Dallas to play Sacramento. That Kings team has De'Aaron Fox back. They looked really good the other night against the Lakers. Though that that team is is good. <laughs> it's a great test. Two great tests in a row. And back-to-back games, too. Will Kyrie play both of those games? He just didn't play in the second night of a back-to-back against the Wizards. But both of these playoff teams, would he play against them? Then they get two days off. They go to they go to L.A. for now uh, two games in L.A. And they have potentially, oh, God, potentially three days off in L.A. <laughs> Let's say they go there on Monday, the 20th. The 21st, they'll be off. Then they play the Lakers on Wednesday. Then they have two days off, and they play the Clippers on Saturday. Um, one of those is going to be a schedule loss. <laughs> I'm just calling it. One of those is going to be one of those games that looks like the second the second Pelicans game. I'm just going to call it. Tell them that it's human nature. Why? Why? <laughs> I mean, but two more playoff teams. Clippers, Lakers. Two more playoff teams. You get a couple of days rest. It's traveling, but you get a couple of days rest there. You're basically in LA for almost a week. Then they come back for the Tuesday game against the Rockets. They have two days off and they play a Tuesday game against the Rockets. Rockets aren't, aren't a pushover team anymore. They're not a team you can just sit Luka and be like, all right, we, could, we should win this game. That's not how it's been. So these next five games, I'm really looking into as, you know, what do we see from the Mavericks? Does this team come in there and play tough? Do they win majority of these games? Like, are they real? Or are they just, did they just raise their floor or did they raise their ceiling too? 
It's really what I'm looking at. I think they'll be locked in for these games. I bet they rested Kyrie in that Wizards game to try and, um, you know, try and make him healthy for this. And so I'm fascinated to see what it's going to look like. These next five games are huge. We'll have them all covered here on Locked On Maps. Go check that out. Also, go check out our Locked On Sports Today live streams, 24-7 sports. It's all of our sports shows all across that. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us on Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.